Don't Call Me Girl Boss is a podcast dedicated to sharing the journey, struggles, and successes women small business owners go through. I host Jessica Buck, a small business owner myself, interviews women who haven't made a million dollars yet. I interview women at any stage of owning a business and focus on the struggles so listeners can really relate to the guest. I hope in listening to this podcast, you find your go-to source to get the real scoop of what it is like to be a woman small business owner. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. This week I have on Francesca Saputo. Maternal Root is her business name. She is a doula. She does prenatal yoga. She does lactation consulting. And I have known her since junior high. So I've known her over 10 years. And I actually went to school with her younger sister, Julia. And then, of course, we hung around Francesca as well. And Francesca was actually my doula when I had my son Braxton. And my boyfriend's actually the one who was like, we really need to get a doula. Like, I think you really need it. And it would be just really helpful for all of us. And I am so thankful we did. And I think having a doula is just so important as a support system to add to the dynamic between you and your partner because it lifts off some of the responsibility off of him or her. And so I'm just thankful for Francesca and I'm just really excited to interview her and for you guys to get to know her. And she's going to go over my birth story, which I don't know about other women who have children, but like I blacked out during my birth. I barely remember it. So I'm excited for her to have this recorded so that Braxton can hear this story one day if he would like. But without further ado, here is Francesca. It's technically Fullerton and my sisters and I all went to school in Fullerton so local yeah what so what did your parents do when you were growing up so my mom was a stay-at-home mom um she actually came over to the United States when she was 14 years old from Italy um and then my dad owns his own business he um owns his own construction company so he does work for like bimbo and pepsi and Coca-Cola, all those big companies. I didn't even realize, like, growing up, like, I knew your younger sister, Julia, and so we hung around you guys a lot as well. You and your older sister, Rosa. Yeah. I didn't realize how successful his construction company was growing up. (laughs) I know. It never phased me. Like, I just, like, oh, he does construction, and they have, like, nice stuff. That's cool. (laughs) I know. I feel like I didn't realize it till I was older. I'm like, wow, you built this company from the ground up. That's amazing. Like you, no one gave you anything to start this business. And now you have a huge successful company. On yeah, your how own. did he get started in that? You know, when he was younger, I mean, my dad didn't go to high, my dad didn't go to high school. I think he wow. dropped out sophomore year. And then he started working for people that were in construction. And then I, and then he got his construction license. Um, and then he just kept growing from there. I mean, he started his construction company in our garage in our Buena Park house and then uh-huh. built like a small little office on the side of your of our house. I don't know if you remember, but it was like this tiny little office. Um, so that's how he And now he has like his own office and everything. Now he has a huge, massive office in Buena Park <laughs> and it's very separate from his house. Um, yeah, he's doing really well. Yeah, that's amazing. What is like an important memory from your childhood that you can remember that maybe shaped you into wanting to be a business owner or get into being around babies and pregnant women? Like how anything like that? Um, So I feel like maybe there's two parts to that. Um, I feel like because my mom was always so nurturing Um, And so caring, like whenever someone would walk into our house, the first question was like, have you eaten today? You know, she was just (laughs) like, they love to feed people. And that was, that's just her love language. And so I feel like because she was so nurturing and loving, um, I feel like I took part of that of like, just wanting to nurture everyone. Um, And I feel like babies and all that it just became like second nature to me like taking care of kids was just super easy for me it wasn't something that came like awkward to me or weird it was just so natural 
And I feel like I took a lot of that from my mom. I don't have like any specific memories, just her being very nurturing and like loving and Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, But with my business, uh, I started working for my dad when I was nine years old. So after school on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would go into the office and at the time his secretary was his sister. So she would teach me how to write proposals, how to write invoices, how to process payroll. Um, I would just kind of sit there and watch her do it all. I just learned the whole process of it. And is that something you wanted to do or is that something you had to do? It was something I had to do, but I'm very grateful for it. And so all three of you, your older sister and Julia as well, the younger one? No, it was just me. (laughs) Why did Rosa have to? I don't know. I'm not sure why my dad never asked her to, like, be a part of his business or anything. I don't know. Julia was more like, hey, Dad, can I go to work with you? Can I go to, like, the job sites? And for me, I don't know why he was like, you're, you're going to be in the office. Huh, that's interesting. Maybe yeah. he saw something in you that you'd be interested in that. Yeah, he must have. More than Rosa or something. Because yeah. Rosa is super artsy and basically owns her own business too as well, doing hair. Yeah. But I don't think she's ever gone to a job site with him. She's never worked in the office. Um, it's always been Julie and I, but mostly me. I worked in the office with him from like nine years old till I was 27. Wow. Yeah. So you just recently, a couple of years ago, you stopped working for him? Yeah. After I graduated college, it was like I had a fly on my own. So yeah. um, it was time to like part ways. And uh, after college was when I started looking into what a birth doula is and uh, started taking the, you know, I took the training and then started that journey. So your first paying job basically was working for your dad. Did you have other jobs in between that? Or was it always just working for your dad? Yeah. So at 16 years old, my dad told me not to come home until I found a job. So, (laughs) 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 so I drove around after school looking for a job. I was like, I cannot go home unless I have a job. So I drove around, I applied to all these places, and then I applied to Market City Cafe in Brea on Burke Street, which is also known, which is now known as Chacha's. Um, Mm -hmm. I applied there, and they actually called me back, like, right after I left, saying I was hired as the hostess. So I went home, and I told my dad I found a job, I'm a hostess. So I did that for a few years, and then um, I left that job. I went back to my dad's. I worked there for a little bit. I also worked at this store called Lucy's on Birch Street. I did that for like a year and then went back to my dad's, did that for a little bit. <laughs> it was it was like on and off working for him. And then I ended up doing nannying for five years while I was in school. And then um, I quit doing that after five years. The kids were getting older. They were going to school. They didn't really need me anymore. And then I went back to my dad's and stayed there until he kind of was like, it's time for you to fly away at 27. And then I got a job at a preschool in Irvine. What's interesting about nannying, I've heard this before, is the kids outgrow you. Like, it's a transitional Mm -hmm. job. It's was that hard? It was hard. I got so attached to the family. I got so attached to the kids. You know, I I started when they were two months old. So they were like my little babies. Yeah, it was hard. That is. um, So you did the, were you a, you were a preschool teacher in Irvine? Yeah. Um, So I did that for a year. And then funny enough, I went back to nannying. (laughs) (laughs) because I wanted to move forward with birth doula and it just, it wasn't, I wasn't able to do that full time while working at a preschool because we all know with birth, it's very unpredictable. I don't know when I'm going to get called in. So they weren't okay with like me being like, sorry, I, you know, I have to go to a birth. Like I have to call out. So with nannying, the family was super flexible with me being like, Hey, if I have to leave one day, like, is that okay? If I just have to leave and head to a birth? And she's like, yeah, it's totally fine. So nannying just worked well with me teaching yoga and 
starting my doula company, you know, business. And then where were you were going to college? Where were you going? And what were you going for? So I was at San Domingos and I was going to school for early childhood development. And that's something you wanted to do from the get go, like out of high school, you knew you wanted to stay with working with children. You know, I knew that I wanted to do something with kids and pregnancy. Being a preschool teacher wasn't something I was like, yeah, this is like exactly what I want to do. I wasn't sure what I wanted, but I, I knew like deep in my gut that teaching preschool wasn't it. I just, I didn't know what it was yet. So I feel mm-hmm. like teaching prenatal yoga and being a birth doula is kind of something that just like fell into my lap. So before you figured out you wanted to be a doula, you're kind of like bouncing back and forth, not sure what you want to do, but knew you want to do something with children. Like what would you tell yourself looking back now, something to do different or something to do better or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like all of it kind of led me to here. Like, I feel like if I didn't, try to be a preschool teacher and if I didn't nanny and I didn't work at my dad's and all these places I feel like I wouldn't have known but one thing that I would tell myself is to not be afraid because I feel like fear was really holding me back Um, what were you afraid of I feel like failing of like yeah you know can I really go on my own and make a successful company like can that really happen or do I need that nine to five job and know that I'm going to have a paycheck next week. Yeah. I mean, it's just something I struggle with as well. It is, it never goes, that fear never goes away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As much successful as you get, as many clients as you see, it doesn't matter. It's still in the back of your head. Like what if everyone cancels tomorrow? Like things like your self-confidence, you're constantly working on it. Like I'll, I'll get like a complaint on a spray tan and I'm like, tell Jonathan, I'm like, I suck at spray no, tan. And he's like, he's like, you're so annoying. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, that's just what you would do to ourselves. Know. You know, it's this constant fear. Same thing. I'm like, I'll get like all these clients at once. I'll get all these interviews. And then all of a sudden I'll have a month where like, I don't hear from anyone. I'm like, Riley, oh my God, I'm not going to like, what if I don't have a client next month? What if like, mm-hmm. what if like, <laughs> I'm terrible at what I do? Like no one likes me. And then seriously, like the next day, it's like, I get five people sending me an inquiry about my birth to services. Yeah, that's how it always <sighs> works. And it, and it's just I feel bad for our partners, because it's constant. Yeah, it's just like, he's just like, shut up. Totally. I'm like, I just need to go through this again. Like, just tell me I'm good. Yeah. please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. So before we get into like the doula and yoga stuff, what is a doula? Can you just explain to the audience maybe who don't know what a doula is and all of that? Yes. So we provide physical, emotional, and informational support for uh, during pregnancy, birth, and postpartum for an expecting family. We do not deliver your baby, so we are completely different from a midwife. Um, we don't do anything clinical, so we don't check your blood pressure or your dilation. Um, we are there for support okay so how did you like I didn't even know it was a term until you started posting about it on Instagram to be honest (laughs) I know you know actually doula has been around forever if you think about it long time ago you know we were giving birth with like our aunts and our mothers and our sisters and cousins around us like we were being supported by our family now it's a mm-hmm. little bit different. You know, we don't have that much support. We don't live in a tribe anymore where everyone's around us. Yeah, it is hard, yeah. especially since I moved away from mm-hmm. my family and my sister moved away basically as well. There is no tribe. It's all on you. Yeah. You know, there's benefits of the time that we're in now. and There's benefits to the time that, you know, where doulas first started. Right. Luckily, you know, there are a lot more resources now. So like you can find postpartum doulas. Um, so it's like to help you if you don't have family around and if you can't afford that, you can always put that on your baby registry and they can just put mm-hmm. money towards a postpartum doula to support you. Same way they That's would. That's a really good idea. Yeah. I mean, same way you would as like making your wedding res- registry, putting like, um, a little section for your honeymoon. Same idea. Yeah. More people should do that and utilize that because yes. you don't realize afterwards how much support you really need, especially if you don't have a mom around yeah. to really hold your hand and tell you what was going on, which is what my case was. It was not easy. Totally. 
Yeah. So who was the first person who brought Abdullah to you? Like, where did you hear that term from? So, um, I decided to get certified to teach yoga, um, during college. That's when I found yoga. Um, I thought about teaching kids yoga. So I was like, Oh, that sounds really fun. You know, it has to do exactly with like what I'm going to school for. And I did that for a little bit. And let me tell you, teaching kids yoga is hard. <laughs> that doesn't even sound fun. <laughs> I see Braxton, like he kind of mimics us and he'll do like downward yeah. dog, but it's like a second. And then, and then he's, he's like, gone. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to change it like every five minutes. I'm like, this is exhausting. It just doesn't sound fun at all. So I did just like a ton of research and I found prenatal yoga. Um, obviously five years ago, there weren't any studios that were offering prenatal, prenatal yoga. I mean, even now it's really hard to find a studio that offers it, but I found a lady who was teaching a training in Tustin at purple yoga and I signed up for it. I took the training and it was during that specific training that I found out what a doula was. I'm like, Oh my God, I have to do this. This sounds exactly for me. So I signed up and it was a three day training up in LA. And then I had my first birth a month later. Wow. Yeah. And so how did they explain? So what was the difference between you wanting to be a doula and maybe going to be a nurse and like, or a doctor and like delivering actual babies? Like, what is the difference? Well, like I said before, we don't deliver babies. So you can, as a doula, you can kind of take off the stress of like having to deliver a baby. That's, that's intense. So, um, and there, you know, a birth doula though, the difference is I'm there the entire time. A midwife would kind of come once you're in like transition. So once you're like, or active labor, once your contractions are pretty close, like we know that baby's coming soon. So I'm just there to like, okay, I know that baby is, isn't in the right position. I'm going to put you in a different position. You know, we're going to do, I don't know, like we're going to get into like a cat and cow. Like I'm going to get you in different positionings. We're going to try a different breathing technique. Like your midwife isn't there to help you go through all of that. Um, the birth doula part to me just sounded a lot better. I don't want to have to deal with delivering babies. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't, I told you, I don't remember much of my birth story, but I do remember the traumatizing part of it, turning the bright lights on, like, holy crap, like that moment. And that's got to be very stressful, obviously for us on the other end, but also to be the doctor, like, oh my gosh, okay, it's go time. Your birth was so fast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess we can get into that now so we could go over my birth story kind of like organically went there but um yeah so I rem- I remember specifically it was like in, at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon uh-huh. and I was watching the Versace murder document or murder series yeah. on Netflix and I remember telling Jonathan I was like I feel like I'm having contractions and mind you I've been telling him this for like weeks <laughs> he's like sure Jessica <laughs> uh-huh yeah, he's I'm like, no, really, it just feels funky. And that's like probably like one of the last things really? I remember. Is that normal? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like, so after the birth, like, we'll have a postpartum visit. And I'll ask, like, the mom, like, how would you feel about her birth? And she'll say one story. And her partner will say something different. And she's like, no, that didn't happen. We're like, yeah, it did. She's like, they just don't remember or, you know, they have their own version. I remember spurts, but I don't have like an exact chronological order. Like I remember being, I remember Jonathan trying to get me to yes. eat food because he was yes. like, you need to eat. And I kept throwing that yes. and I couldn't eat. And he's like, bone broth, let's just do bone broth. But I threw that up. And oh my like, gosh. And he's like, take a shower, take a shower. And I get a shower and I'm like, I'm dying. Oh my gosh. And I, and I, and I do remember now like saying, Call Francesca. Call Francesca. Just freaking call her. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about your birth the other day, and that was the first thing that came to my mind was when I went to your house, him being like, I fed her, but she threw up. We were in the shower, and, like, she didn't like it. Like, those were the one. That's the one thing I really remember. Um, he was trying he was. so hard. He He's such a good partner, but he, like, in the moment, I'm just, like, shut I up. Know. Like, I hate he you. He was so involved, which is so great. Like, it's so nice when the partner's involved because you wouldn't believe how many births I attend where the, the partner's just very disconnected. I mean, I attended a birth one time where the dad was in the corner, like, not looking at the mom while she was pushing. So, like, I was there with the mom and her best friend and we were helping the mom, you know, 
push and breathe and everything. And dad was like in the corner, just hanging out. So I, that's so annoying. I'd be so pissed if I was your mom. I was like, that's... get your ass over here. Like, <laughs> yes, seriously. Like we're doing this together. Like, yeah. come on. But yeah, so I remember Jonathan doing that. And then when you got there, you can kind of take over the story yeah, from there. So I think Jonathan like called me or texted me and said like, hey, things are getting intense. Can you head over? So I went to your house and you guys, I think, were in the living room. And I asked, you know, he told me that you ate, but you threw up. You were in the shower. So I asked if you wanted to like get through just like a few contractions at the house. And we did. Um but it was just, it was really intense. You wanted to head to the hospital. I think Jonathan wanted to wait, but you were ready to go. So I told you to like, go mm-hmm. use the restroom first. And then, you know, and then we'll leave. Use the restroom. And then we drove separately to the hospital. And we got the worst oh, drive of my life. Terrible. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. It was like, he couldn't yeah. go fast enough, even if he wanted to, even if he's going a hundred miles per hour, it would totally. have been fast enough. <laughs> and I feel like you were like five, six centimeters at that point. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, well, the next memory I have, this is the last one is when we, when my water broke on the bed and it was when like the check-in room before they put you in like the labor yeah, you were in room. Triage. And I wasn't allowed at that point. So I don't know what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. Oh my God. It was terrible. They were like, let's see how dar- dilated you are. And um, I remember they checking it. And then I remember like they were gone for a second for whatever reason. And then my water broke. There you <laughs> and I remember just yelling like, cause it was, I was like, clean yeah. it up, clean it up. I feel disgusting. I feel it's all wet. It's just so <laughs> gross. And Jonathan's like, just calm down. I was like, clean it up. Cause it's yeah. so gross. When it's you're like, all wet feeling, you're, just, like, you're just laying on this bed not the most comfortable it was and then there's bright lights and they wasn't comfortable and then the contractions even got worse from there and I could feel Braxton just every move yeah so then at that point they checked you in and then um so you were checked in you got a room and then you or you got an epidural I think before I was able to get in I don't remember at what point you got an epidural do you I think I think you couldn't be in for Yeah, I wasn't allowed in. Kaiser doesn't allow you to stay in there while you get an epidural. Hogue does. At Hogue, I'm, like, allowed to stay in there, mm. but Kaiser's a little more strict. So I think I had to leave, and then I came back, and you were able to sleep. But they did test your urine, and you – I think they said that you had a little bit of eclampsia. So yeah. they wanted baby out pretty soon. And I remember them saying that if you didn't deliver within, like, a certain amount of time, they were going to – you were going to have to have a C-section. And I, yeah, I remember I was, that now. Yeah. I tried to, you know, I asked the nurse, like, can I put her in a different position? And because his heart rate was dropping, she wouldn't let me, you had to stay on your side. So, so she left the room and Jonathan were like, okay, like we need to like think of a plan. So you don't have a, you know, cesarean birth. So he changed into like a lucky outfit. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> He does this when he watches football games or like important games. So he changed him to his lucky outfit. I started massaging you. We started massaging you. He started telling you all these sweet things, like really get some oxytocin flowing. And then she came back in and you were complete. And we were like, Jessica, like you're complete. Like you can push, you know, your baby. And you were so shocked. You were so shocked. And then I feel like you pushed him out within only a couple of pushes. Like, I don't remember you pushing for that long. No, now that we're getting back into the story, it's kind of coming back a little bit more. But I remember having to wake up and I didn't yeah. want to wake up. And I remember you guys trying to get me to get up. And then, yeah, I, but then when were the bright lights? Remember they were like, there was one brief moment where they like freaked out. Was, and then it was did probably we when baby's heart rate dropped, but they they do yeah. like shine very bright lights in a hospital setting when you're delivering your baby. So unfortunately, if you are delivering the hospital, if you don't like bright lights, they're the lights are completely on. Um, yeah, but the, the, that was probably it. And then yeah, it was like a couple pushes and you pushed your baby out. It was I was amazed by you. <laughs> it was so intense that was the most intense yeah. moment of and my life and then your life. baby came out looking exactly like you and your family it was like <laughs> identical I know Jonathan's like whose baby is this like even his family is like whose baby is this 
But now he's getting to look more like Jonathan. He's so cute. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, he is definitely my side of the family. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the birth. Oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. that was intense. And I just remember being so thankful Mm -hmm. that you were there because it's like you have another support system. It's hard. Jonathan's great. Like we could have easily done it, you know, just us two, but having that other support system just brings right. like, a different dynamic. You're, like, you're not as mean to your partner. You're like, yeah. okay, well, Franny's here. Like I need to be somewhat a normal person or yeah, I'm more wanting to listen to you I hear than that a lot. Like I'll be willing to listen to you, but probably not my husband. And you know what? We're, we're there for your partner too. It's a scary time for them. Like they have their own set of fears and anxiety about the whole process so I'm very much there for the partner as well. And we, we work as a team, you know? So when they said that they wanted you cesarean birth, Jonathan and I worked as a team. He knows you as much, even though I've known you since you were little, he knows you so much better than I do. And I know birth. So we were really able to like make the best team for you and provide the best support for you. Yeah. Cause we did not no. want a C-section. I was terrified of the recovery yeah. of that. So what are some of the benefits of having a doula? We kind of went through it in this story, but what are some specific benefits someone would get out of hiring a doula? So you're less likely to need Pitocin. You're less like, do you want to know it? What is Pitocin? It's it's a synthetic form of oxytocin. So um, a lot of the times if your contractions have stalled or if you slowed down or if you are being induced um, after they soften your cervix with some sort of pain medication, they will give you Pitocin and that's going to bring on really strong, um, intense contractions. So they started at like a very low number and then they increase it like every couple of hours. So it's, it's Mm. pretty intense. Um, you're also less likely to use any pain medication. You're less likely to have a cesarean and you are more likely to rate your childbirth positively. And then what is it like being a doula? Like what I, you said births are unpredictable. Like what is that lifestyle like? (laughs) Oh, so I will pretty much start every sentence with I'll be there unless I'm at a birth. (laughs) (laughs) Unless like I want to, you know, not accept a client and like take a couple weeks off because of like a wedding or, or something happening. But then that means that I'm, I'm out of work and I'm not making money. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. there are times where I am going to have to miss weddings, where I am going to have to miss birthday parties and baptism, you know, just like really important events. Or I can't plan to like meet with my friends because I don't know if I'll be at a birth. That's yeah. Or, or go, go on, on a vacation. vacation. We know? can never plan a vacation. So that's that's hard. Um, and my, you know, I spend my life with my phone in my hand because when I'm on call, I have to be available 24 seven. You know, I sleep with my phone on loud and I, it's right next to my bed. And I tell, you know, my fiance, like, Hey, if you hear my phone ring, I'm on call right now, please wake me up because it could be a doula client and I may have to leave. Um, so it is hard, (laughs) but I do get to support and hold space for a family. You know, I do get to witness a a family being born. You know, I was there the day that you and Jonathan became parents, which is so cool. Um, I get a and, and my sister, sister yeah. actually. So it's just like these really beautiful and sweet moments that I get a witness. So as hard as it is being on call all the time. It just, it's such a magical and beautiful time to be in that birth space. Like I cry at every birth I attend. Yeah, I I was there when Jackie's baby was born, my sister, and I cried for sure. How can you not? And it was just like the most, probably the most magical moment I've ever seen in my life. Also the most (laughs) disgusting and I'm traumatized, but also the most magical. I do remember your face (laughs) at that birth. You were like shocked at what was happening what was coming out and what was getting bigger and oh it was so much it was like wow I don't know if I should be here if yeah, I should be but here I don't if there know are any pregnant moms listening I and if you don't want your partner to watch what's happening 
I highly advise that they do because it's so beautiful. And if you want a mirror to watch, to watch your own birth, I highly recommend that as well. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I did not do any of that. And Jonathan did not watch because he was like, I, no. I will be scarred for life. <laughs> yes. He's just like, we can't go down that road. There's no coming back. So you um, offer prenatal yoga as well. Is that kind of what separates you maybe from other doulas? Yeah. I actually started that first. So I did that for a couple years before I became a birth doula. Um, But I I also offer a lot of things. So I offer prenatal yoga, birth doula services, postpartum doula services, um, childbirth education classes. And I'm also a lactation educator. So... I kind of do a lot. So is, have you had like a client who's taken you up on every single service? What does that look like? Yes, I have. Um, so I have different package deals where it's like, if you hire me, you know, as your birthday, you'll get like, there's two package deals where it's like, you get free unlimited yoga and then like 20% off all my other services. And then I'm like, I have another package deal where it's like, uh, you get a discount off like my prenatal yoga and all off the all the other services. So that one's just a little cheaper than the other one. And how did you go about choosing the pricing for each of your services? It's been hard. Like uh, you know, it is. It is hard. I still. It's hard to. It come is, up with and a price. I'm so like. I feel like in the beginning it was very, like oh, okay, I'll lower it for you, or oh, okay, I'll give you a discount, and then you know by the. I think you try to do that with yeah. us and Jonathan's like, I do no, with, yeah, with friends. Full price. I'm like, oh, I'll just do it for free. Like, don't give me anything. And then, <laughs> you know, and then at the end of the year, I'm looking at, you know, how much I've made. And I'm like, okay, I can't keep doing that because I'm not making money, especially living in California. I kind of have to mm-hmm. set my prices. So um, just talking to other doulas and seeing how they price it and seeing the pricing in your area has been really helpful. So seeing what other doulas charge in your area and then kind of going based off of that. Mm-hmm. Have you adjusted and slowly gone up as you've gotten maybe more comfortable or, you know, but you think you're more educated at that point? Yeah, how I does raised that work? it. So I have over 60 births now. So I definitely raised it. And then I added, you know, like postpartum services and then I became a lactation educator. So because of my trainings, I did raise my prices. Um, So they, Mm -hmm. they are a lot more from where I started, but with COVID and everything, I felt, I felt like I should lower them because I felt bad that so many people weren't working. So that has been really hard. Right. No. So I thought about that when I reopened my spray tan salon, I was like, Oh, I need to lower the prices because I feel bad for everyone. But then I was like, Wait, no, like I'm hurting more, you know, I'm hurting. I didn't, I lost my job basically. Like I was closed, like mm. they've kept their job. Yeah. And this is a luxury service. Like, you know, it getting is. a doula is a luxury yeah. service. So our, our clientele mm. isn't hurting during yeah. COVID. I feel like I'm sure some of them are, and I'm sure in tons of other ways, but financially, yeah. like they're just remote now. No, you are killing it. You are. <laughs> I is I thank you for saying that because I feel like when you're in it you just don't feel like like you're killing it my boyfriend's like Franny you had like over 60 births and right now you have like 20 birth doula like you're fine (laughs) yeah so how that's interesting so how many doula or like how many are you you get capped out right like how many do I take a month yeah, or like, okay, well, you're scheduled around yeah. the same time as this client, so I don't really want to take you, or how does so that work? The likelihood of someone going into labor at the same time is so low. So I would rather schedule a client that has, like, the same estimated due date or even, like, close to each other than if, like, I accept a client that's due at, like, the beginning of the month and then someone that's due in the middle, you know, because it's so unlikely. But mm-hmm. I take about two to four four clients a month and that's another thing that's kind of hard is like you're kind of limited to how many doula clients you can take because of like you know not knowing when they're going to go to labor what if they overlap um so that is hard I do always have a backup doula but then that would mean I miss the birth 
and I miss out on that payment because I have to pay my backup doula. So yeah. I take about like two to four doula clients a month. And that right now has been working well. And how are you building your clientele? Word just word of mouth. mouth. Um, when I was teaching at yoga studios, I was getting all my clients from my prenatal yoga classes. Yeah. That's so smart. I feel like that's such an it organic like, way oh to my get God, clients. I need you at my birth. Like I, your voice is so calming and I need you to be there. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> You have Thank that presence a hundred percent. But now it's been word of mouth and Instagram. I've had a lot of people that's find awesome. me through Instagram. So, yeah, that's great. And then you're still doing the prenatal. So what does it look like during okay. COVID? We should go over that. So you weren't allowed no. to be in the hospital. So right, right when COVID hit, so March, I think it was like what 15 or 16 was when like we had the official lockdown. Yeah, it was yeah, right, right around my birthdays. I had so many clients that were due like within that month and the next month. And they all called me at like the same time, freaking out, saying like, I talked to my hospital. They're not allowing doulas. I was like, what? I was in Palm Springs. Like, what is going on? So I reached out to all the hospitals that my clients were giving birth in. And they're like, yeah, you know, right now we're only accepting one support person. Some hospitals weren't allowing any support people with them. So I contacted all my doula clients and I said, hey, look, this is what's going on. Um, Like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anything on my contract that talked about, like, if there was a huge pandemic, what would happen? (laughs) I don't think anyone had their contract. I never thought of this. So I had a few clients that were like, it's totally fine. Like, you're okay. I was like, if anything, we'll just do it virtually. Like, I'll be there to support you. We'll just, you can call me or you can FaceTime me. We'll just do it virtually. So I had a lot of clients that were like, yeah, it's totally fine. Like, I completely understand, you know, this is out of your control. They still still paid you. I did have one client that was like, I don't want it virtually. I don't like this idea. I tried like even lowering my prices. I tried offering her like another visit because I didn't want to lose out on that money. It was a huge chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, like I'm unfortunately like nothing you say is going to change my mind. And so she ended up opting out of my services. It was oh, terrible. So I cried for a long time. Um, so, but all the other clients paid me and I attended their birth virtually. They would either call me or they would FaceTime me during their birth. And it actually went fine. It was, you know, obviously it wasn't what we had in mind and it wasn't what we had planned. But, you know, just like birth, things don't go as planned and you have to pivot. And that's exactly what we did. And so how what did it look like after you got through the clients that had booked prior? So like after I attended their birth virtually? Yeah. So did you pick up new clients or were you not even so really able to do anything? things slowed down a lot for me. Um, I wasn't getting any inquiries and that was really scary. I started teaching yoga classes online. I was doing that, but that wasn't enough to pay my rent and to put food on the table. So, you know, mm-hmm. I tried to like reach out to people. Um, I don't, I don't remember that period of time. It was a really scary time. I feel like after like a few like weeks and like after like a couple months, like people started to like adjust to this idea of virtual services. Oh, I, I started offering in-person support before they headed to the hospital. That was what I did. So I started offering, you know, I can come to your house and labor with you. I'll let you know when it's like time to head to the hospital. And then, um, you know, we'll drive separately. I'll wait in my car until you get admitted. If you get admitted, then I'll leave and just support you virtually. If you don't get admitted, then we'll both, you know, we'll all head back to your house. We'll labor more until it's time to head back. So then I started getting a lot more Mm -hmm. inquiries. Things started picking up. Um, And then hospitals, you know, the cases were going down. So then a couple hospitals started opening up, you know, and allowing doulas there. So then I was getting even more inquiries and now it's just back to normal. I think I have even more doula clients than I did before the pandemic. Wow, that's amazing. I'm glad that there's like 
a silver lining to this because you know you had that scary moment of yeah. a big client canceling and and it's hard to see your business still it still hard. making it's it through. Scary. You know, and I, and I know it's scary for everyone. I know every single person is being affected by this. Well, and yes. it's kind of happening yes. again. Like, I feel like we're, yeah. especially in California, it's I know, worse. I'm scared. I have, like, four clients in December, and then I have three clients in January, and they're all delivering at the hospital, and I'm scared that it, that they're going to lock us out again. Yeah. So, we'll see. I know it just is what it is. I mean, you never know. Um, Did you apply for any of like the PPP loans or any of the loans that the government or even unemployment? I did. I did file for unemployment. Um, I did. You received received it. It It was actually pretty quick. I think I talked to you about it a little bit because I'm like, I haven't received it yet. I haven't even heard any information. And then I feel like it was like the next day I finally received it. Yeah, that was really helpful. I've heard some horror stories really? with people not getting in and it being Ugh, very difficult. Yeah. That's sad. And I, yeah. And then you didn't apply for like a PPP loan or I anything? I didn't. You felt like I you didn't, didn't apply need it? for it. I don't know why I didn't. I mean. It was, it's, un- it was the unknown. I've talked to a lot of people about it and it was just a scary thing because it was brand new and the information yeah. kept changing. Yeah. And it's still changing. I mean, even filing for unemployment was scary to me. I never, I've never filed for unemployment before. <laughs> so that to me was really scary. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot. It's like all of a sudden you have to do all these things and what does the state regulate yeah. and what do you need to prove? And then it was a whole new system because you're on your self-employed. So it was like the PUA yeah, program and it was exactly. so weird. It was luckily my boyfriend <sighs> helped me because he owns his own company as well. So he was able to help me. How, what is it like when you guys are both business owners? <laughs> like, are you guys both so stressed out yeah. all the time? And, but luckily, like, we understand each other. Like, we know what each other's coming from because I'm like, I get it. Like, you have – no one's telling you, hey, you have to be here at 9 o'clock and then you get to leave at 5. It's, like, it's a full-time job to own your own company. So, like, we get it, but we definitely make sure that we take time for each other. Um but it is scary knowing that, like, we both own our own businesses. Like, no one, you know, it's scary. There's no security. Yeah, there's no security. It's very. But he's killing it. He's doing so amazing. I'm, I'm really, really proud of him. So, he owns what his own streetwear clothing company. So he sells at like Zoomies and Doll Kill, Dolls Kills, um, and then a bunch of other stores. That's amazing. Not, That's not an easy but, space to be in. Yeah. A lot of competition. A lot, but he works so hard. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you guys are doing well Thanks. and recently engaged. I'm on like an engagement cloud. So, yeah. So are you guys going to start wedding planning or is that like, let's, let's say, just get I through this engaged pandemic? Two weeks ago. I got engaged on Halloween. It was a Saturday. I started looking for wedding dresses on Monday. So I started Aww. planning already. Um, we are going to have a wedding at my dad's house in his backyard. Um, oh, that's the perfect, yeah, Rosa got married there too, right? wedding that I planned, but I understand just like with what we're going through, if we want to, you know, be married as soon as possible, I have to be flexible. Yeah. Well, he has a beautiful home. I know. It's like not a bad option. (laughs) Like probably one of the most beautiful homes I've been to in Fullerton. I'm, I'm excited. I just, you know, when you have this idea of something going as planned, Oh, yeah. But it's okay. Exactly. So what does your day look like? So I wake up around 7 a.m. And I'll, like, do my skincare regimen. I'll oil pull. And then I'll pull out my yoga mat. I'll sit there. I'll meditate. Gua sha. And then I will do some yoga or just, like, stretch. Make sure that I'm moving my body. Make breakfast. And then I'm just on the computer. Whether that's, like meeting with clients or um, sending out emails, interviews, fixing my website because I didn't have, I didn't hire anyone to, to do my website for me. I did it all myself. So I'm, I'm kind of constantly editing it. Squarespace. What platform did you end up using? Super easy, but it would have been, you know, I'm sure it would have been a whole lot easier to have someone do it for me. I've always designed mine. I always encourage people to do it themselves. 
Yeah, because if you need to make a simple edit, when you're going to email someone every time it yeah. charges you $100, like, you you know, I just feel like as business owners, yeah. there's certain things That's you have so to true. do yourself. So I'm constantly doing that. Um, teaching a yoga class. I, I think I teach yoga class like every single day. Um, and then if I'm not at home, like if I do have like, I started offering postpartum doula services. So I'll either leave and offer or do a postpartum visit or postpartum support. So I'm kind of just like all over the place, but mainly on the computer, just working on things. Yeah. So you produce all your own Instagram content and all of that. I find the clients. I do the interviews. I go to the birth. I come home, (laughs) do the postpartum visit. I create the content to post on social media. I teach the yoga classes, respond to emails. So I, I run it all. What is like the hardest hat you have to wear as being this business owner and the space that you're in? Like what is challenging like just for you? doing it, having to do it all myself, you know, like just having, like I said, like having to find the client or when they find me and having to reach out to them, set the interview, you know, do the interview and then go to the birth, come home, reply to emails. Like, I feel like that's just really challenging, not having any help and like social media is challenging a lot. You know, like having to create all this content to post. Um, but I feel like just not having any help has been really hard. Yeah. Are you looking maybe to bring someone into your team or anything not like that? Not anytime soon. Um, I have started like teaching workshops and classes with other doulas, with like other birth workers. And that has been nice. Because now it's, like, both of us working on this rather than just me. So that has been helpful. Um, but, mm-hmm. no, I feel like I'd be too picky. Like, you're not doing it the way I want you to. <laughs> well, it becomes a whole other job. Like, okay, you got jobs taken off of you, but you also added, you know, yeah. managing this person, I'm checking like, their work. Doing... It's a whole, like, yeah, exactly. it doesn't just make but your what play what I started easier. doing, which has been yeah. really helpful for social media, is, like, um, just picking one day and writing like three to four posts. So creating all this content. And then that way I already have like four posts already ready to go. And I don't have to like sit there every single day and like write a post for that each day. So that has been really helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a lot. I know my, my worst thing is finances. Yeah. Like I hate doing my books. That so that's hard. something I hate. I don't even, I hate it. I'm like, I don't even want to know. Right. Do we make money? Next. Okay, cool. Move on. <laughs> yes. So where do you see Maternal Root in five years from now? Do you want to own like a location and be have like a yoga studio? So like where do you see it going? My mind has kind of changed with the pandemic. But before the pandemic, I did want to open up like a space for women. So I wanted to have like a space if someone wanted to come in and rent rent it out to like host a workshop or host a class and I would teach classes and then have like two rooms available for people to do like um acupuncture or cupping or have like a nutritionist in there to help women during like um to like help them conceive during pregnancy birth and postpartum that has kind of changed with the the pandemic Mm -hmm. now I don't know if maybe my mind will change once this is all over and I'll still want to do that but that was definitely a something that I had in mind and wanting to do. I actually wanted to bring my best friend, Christina, along because she's going to school to become a nutritionist. I'm like, you would be perfect at helping mm-hmm. moms conceive because it, it's not, you know, it is diet plays a huge role in it. Um, so yeah. now it's, I don't know, it's a little bit different. I, I definitely do want to back away a little bit from the birth doula work especially once we start family planning. Um, I want to get into more of postpartum work and become a lactation consultant rather than um, a lactation counselor. So I can, I can do a little bit more being a lactation consultant. So I can let them know, I mean, I can work at hospitals. I can work at like pediatrician offices. So like the the pay is a lot more, um, I can, you know, let them know if baby has a tongue tie or a lip tie, just that whole thing is a little bit more like I, as a lactation counselor, I can't say like, oh, your baby has a tongue tie. 
I can't say certain things that's out of my scope. Mm. So I actually was going to school before the pandemic hit. I was going to school, become a lactation consultant. I finished all my classes. I was getting ready to apply into the program in March, literally right, right around when we are going through lockdown. And I called the school and they were saying like, none of the hospitals are going to allow, you know, you to do your clinical hours. So I was like, well, what's the point of me spending $5,000 if I'm not going to be able to be in a hospital? So it's kind of on hold right now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's so annoying. So many things are on hold. It's just like my sister wants to get a full-time job and, but their daycare at my, you know, yeah. my husband's um, on in the military, <gasps> the daycare shut down again. So Ugh. it's like. So many things are on, on hold, you know, it's just like, okay, right. cool, I guess I'll just start my life when, right. um, <laughs> which who knows the world how long opens that up, will I guess. Be, so. so I guess the point is there's a lot of people yeah. on hold right now and it's just so hard and everyone's situation is so different. I just, know it is. It makes me almost angry, but I just have to like take a step back and just trust the process and know that it, everything will fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. You're still building your business and you can always hire someone just to do this doula services and you keep, you know, whatever X amount and then they keep the rest. If someone's just starting yeah, out, I'm exactly. sure you can easily find someone to do that. Well, where um, can everyone follow so you? My Instagram is media? called maternal underscore root. And then you can also find me on my website. The link is in my bio, but it's maternalroot.com. Great. And then I will make sure to link you all on my um, Instagram. Don't call me girl boss as well. Um, but I'm just really glad that you came on and I hope this helps people want to hire doula services or answer any questions that they may have. And kind of like if someone else is even yeah, interested in becoming yeah, a doula, like what that looks like. And, um... Yeah. Do you have any I questions? Don't. I just want to say finish? like, thank you for having me on and, um, yeah. Yeah, I was really excited. I was talking to Jonathan about it all week. I was I like, know, I can't wait too. to have her on there. I feel like I forgot my birth story. <laughs> so now know, we'll I have it so recorded. <laughs> I was nervous. But I was so excited. Um, but I just want to say, like, you know, yeah. we've I've known you since you were what, 11, 12 years old, and just watching you blossom into this beautiful, strong, hardworking woman has just been so cool to witness. And like you're doing such an amazing job. And I know Thank you. Thank you. Well, you saw We've my all shit been show there. when I was drinking, I've had my so. Shit show days, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh! So yeah, it's definitely yeah, come full circle. Well, thank you for saying that. Well, I'm excited to keep following you, thank and you. then okay, good luck on the good. wedding planning, and I'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye. All right. Thank I hope you loved today's episode. Um, I have a new episode every Sunday. I interview small business owners. If you have someone you want to nominate who's just a badass, who has a great story, whatever it may be, DM at Don't Call Me Girl Boss and let me know why I should interview them. Also, if you loved this podcast, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. That's the only way to really support the podcast. And I just really appreciate every single one of you listening and I hope you enjoyed it and became a better version of yourself and really gained some tips, some tricks, just anything from this podcast. Um, I'll see you next week.